and, and you've got to actually, you know, open up to the therapist. I mean, people, people, you know, like you don't things that you've been mm-hmm. holding inside for decades of your life yeah. don't just immediately yeah. become all yeah, discussable, could. no matter right. what mm-hmm. it's like. Yeah, it's not that simple. Right. So. Yeah. So no. it, and that's that's another thing. It's like something that takes 30 years to develop in you doesn't get solved yeah. in 30 sessions. All right, welcome to Good Guys Getting Better. I'm Christian Hanley. I'm Aline Boatwright. And I'm John Borden. John Borden with the amazing sound set up now, <laughs> lighting and everything, looking at, looking good, sounding better. Yep, the wow, I was telling Aleem. <laughs> I was telling Aleem before you got on, John, that uh, I've got my, my lights over here. And uh, one of them was being held together with like gaffer tape, whatever it's called, because the, uh, the, the screw or the bolt, whatever it is, on the tripod busted and the whole thing is like falling to the ground right now it's like lighting up right over here right next to me instead of actually being where it should be so you know semi semi amateur setup right now <laughs> i can see my i have light i can but i can see out of the corner of my eye i can see the cameras are trying to like auto adjust my color and brightness and everything so um but yeah so Back at it again. Uh, we were just talking offline beforehand. Let's get right into it. So, John Stewart back hosting the Daily Show Monday night only. Um, so that was a last week he started that. And uh, Aleem, I got to tell you, I, I know we started this offline, but I I miss John Stewart, uh, miss his commentary, and like you were saying, John, I love um, his Apple TV Plus series. The problem that uh, you know, great people, great analysis. Uh, Monday, I thought was really disappointing though. You know, it was, it was satire for, I mean, like when he, when he finished his monologue, they had like an extended, like longer intro part of the show and Jordan Klepper came on and kind of like, you know, teased him about it. But I thought there was a lot of truth in that, in that teasing. Um, (laughs) it really was like satire that would have been totally fine for like, the Clinton era, like this would have been, it would have been totally fine for 25 years ago. But the whole thing about, oh, nobody likes this election. Both candidates are old. They're both old, like both sidesism. It was, it was so disappointing when, especially in light of what's gone on in just the past two weeks, that he's like buying into this whole false narrative that they're both old and therefore both bad choices. I, that, that was my thought. No, yeah, and 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 what I was sharing again when we were offline was that you know I I understood that criticism that critique. Uh, however, mm-hmm. I, I challenged the notion that maybe we're we're not giving uh, him a little, not giving him quite enough grace at this point because it's his first time back. And those left leaning for left leaning folks, he's a very very significant figure, very important. And and it's almost mm-hmm. like we know John Stewart's coming back. Oh well, thank you. You know, please, please set all this straight, John Stewart, and, and we might High put hopes. a little bit more weight on his shoulders than than we should, or maybe, 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 maybe not. Maybe he actually can do uh, make the difference that we want him to make. But we got to give him mm-hmm. a little bit of time to warm up, so to speak, because he's been off of this this particular stage. He's been off of for a while, um, and at the same time, what I did find, and I didn't mention this, Christian, was that mm-hmm. lis- listening to the independent or middle-of-the-road type commentary on his uh, presentation, they were mm-hmm. very positive on it, right? So that mm-hmm. in and of itself is a, is, a, is, a, is a plus because now it's like, okay, if he's getting listeners that are in the middle of the road and he starts to reveal 
you know, which are clearly his left-leaning politics that would that call out the the ludicrous nature of of, of the Trump candidacy, then maybe that'll that'll open people's eyes to you know, okay, you might not like Joe Biden as a candidate, fine, but mm-hmm. there's no comparison between whether or not he's qualified versus Donald Trump. So maybe it's giving us maybe he's just getting getting in getting there. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, my my thought is one as we've talked about on this podcast he and again like look i didn't i didn't see the cold open so i'm just reacting to what you guys are are talking about but if if he is trying to draw a central position as we've talked about before you know maybe i i think that he isn't always looking to crown the democrats with the moral high ground i think that you can Mm. be uh, you can make a very clear argument that Donald Trump is unfit to be the president of the United States of America, among other things, and at the same time, hold accountable uh, the alternative, the Democrats. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about before in here, I think the the Democratic ticket, at, at, as far as the president, has some significant issues. And mm-hmm. on, I don't know if he's ever held himself out as a member of the news media, per se. Mm-hmm. But I do think that he holds fast to the principles of some some semblance of being fair and unbiased and analytical and really thinking about the issues that are confronting people. And, you know, I, I'm extrapolating a little bit from watching him on his show on Apple TV Plus and listening to the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, but it doesn't surprise me that, you know, he is he is trying to strike uh, a tone that is a little more central. Or political, mm. politically neutral. Yeah, yeah, and and that may be, and that, that that's what I'm saying. I think there may be value in that. And and like you said, he he's often been viewed as someone who can do both, right? He can you know could criticize both uh, the, the the side that he the the politics that he sides with, and of course mm. the, those that he doesn't. But at the same time, you know, and this this actually may extend this conversation to a slightly different space than what we had intended. When you when you said that, I it, it, it triggered me a little bit. I'm gonna tell you why because <laughs> I find a lot of times we do that too much as as folks in the progressive side. We 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 give mm-hmm. in a little bit too readily. It's like um, you know just just like what you what you're saying. It's like okay, well yeah, Joe Biden's old. So what? You know, <laughs> I mean, is is he mm-hmm. is that really affecting how he's doing his job? No, not really. That's there's no no evidence of that. Frankly, mm-hmm. the only evidence of the only effect that that's had is just people making jokes. It has not been right. borne out in any kind of policy faux pas or or issue that he's had. So mm-hmm. why why harp on that? Why why pretend as though that's a significant issue? It's not. It, it you know so so why do we why do we have to be so hard on ourselves just to be able to criticize the other side, which we should be being hard right. In right, a, and I, I feel like he in in doing that, what John Stewart's doing is giving license to people to make false equivalencies. Yeah, and yeah. that was the whole thing that I wrote about on Substack in the past week is that we just we cannot afford to go down that road, and it is so stupid, it's so myopic. Yeah. I mean, will I concede that Joe Biden is old? Yes, of course. The guy's <laughs> in his eighties. I mean, like honestly, there's there's no big secret there. The guy is older. Would I rather someone? running for office who is not going to be 86 by the time he finishes his second term. Like, yes, of course mm-hmm. I would rather that. I also would rather that the presumptive Republican nominee not be a fascist, but, but, <laughs> but when, yeah, exactly. And, and right. And <laughs> yes. Uh, 
but but the problem is that when we have these these false equivalencies like oh they're both old and nobody likes them it's like okay well you're putting them in the same category based purely on age and like let's let's look at the facts i mean you've got in office right now someone who yes is in his 80s but who has presided over the biggest expansion of nato in how long Mm. you know literally just just in the past year expanded with with sweden joining um Mm. and uh and finland and you know then you've got donald trump who's saying not only would the united states uh, yeah. not fulfill its treaty obligations to defend its NATO allies. Would they, you know, to, were they to be attacked by, by Russia, but he would call on Vladimir Putin to actually invade our allies. If they do not pay yeah. at least 2% of their GDP towards their defense budgets. How can we pretend as though we didn't hear that? That's the crazy part to me. That's, that's right. what he's like, that is in and of itself completely disqualifying as a world leader. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, yeah. Why are we pretending as though it's not? This is this comes to a question we we posed uh, maybe a couple of uh, uh, casts ago, in mm-hmm. that we talked about how should you be treat you. You asked the question, Christian, of how should we be dealing with uh, the how should we be covering him? I think was the, the, yeah. was the essence of the question. And I and yeah. I was a little bit hardlined on it, and I'm doubling down on that again. Is that this <laughs> man is ridiculous, right? And yeah. we need to speak out to his ridiculousness every moment we get. There is no reason that any discussion should come from any serious politician about Donald Trump without calling him a rapist, without calling him mm-hmm. a fascist, without calling mm-hmm. him a liar, without calling him a criminal. Mm-hmm. These are facts. Mm-hmm. These aren't like, mm-hmm. oh, I just feel this way, right? Or right. you know, I'm, this is my opinion of him. No, he has been convicted of certain things. He has said mm-hmm. certain things unequivocally on in public forum that are absolutely absurd. Mm-hmm. You know, why can't we say that over and over again? Just the same way the Republicans do, right? The Republicans, right. anything that they want people to come away with, Donald Trump himself, anything they want mm-hmm. somebody to come away with about somebody he doesn't doesn't want to oppose him, he repeats mm-hmm. over and over again. And unfortunately, right. that's the that's the recipe for getting people to believe it. Just no matter what the lie, just say it enough times and people will believe it. So we, mm-hmm. I think the, the same should apply to the truth. Right. You say the truth yeah. enough times so people understand it. Like we never should have let up off of, you know, just going back, you know, and I, I'm saying we a lot because I'm, you know, I haven't always aligned 100 percent with all democratic politics. But at this point, you know, the, you know there's, right. there's not a, you know, but, situationally. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. So, so, I mean, but right. since George Bush, you know, HW, it's like we don't we never repeated over and over again. This economic crisis we had in 2008 was their fault. It, mm-hmm. it was Republican politics that were the, at the core of that. It was yeah. not liberal politics. It was not progressive politics. It was conservative politics that caused that. And to mm-hmm. pretend though it wasn't was was a malpractice, right? Like that's political malpractice. We let up off of that, and so people got yeah. the impression, oh, they both messed up things. They both not mm-hmm. that, you know, not that, yeah. you know, yeah. So yeah. well, I mean, that's what what's tricky now is because there there are so many. Um, not so many. There's a, a certain amount of of conservative thinkers who are anti-Trumpers, who are, I think, overall decent and good people who who are really pushing back against Trumpism. Um, and and you want to align with them in a lot of ways. I feel like we are at least for the short term, for you know, getting through this time this time period, we we are sort of natural allies. But then they'll say, you know, they'll kind of go back to, 
oh, well, you know, Bush would never or the great Ronald Reagan. And I'm like, well, hey, hey, hang on, hang on. It's It's been a dissent over multiple, multiple yeah. administrations. And then yeah. with Trump, you kind of got to the logical conclusion. You, you've rode this tiger of the crazy, insane, conspiratorial racists. I, I mean, like, mm-hmm. yes, he's Trump is in a different category in a lot of ways than a lot of the Republican predecessors. But we didn't get here just yesterday. And you're yeah. right. And when yeah. you talk about about 08 um you talk about the wars and, and yeah but by, by the time we're like halfway through not even halfway through the obama administration already it was obama's economic crisis it was obama's yeah. wars and you're like well hang on hang on hang on I'm like what <laughs> what <laughs> right they let mm-hmm. it yeah it's no, no it's true it's true in the discourse it's no discipline in the in the progressive discourse and i think that's the part of the reason for that is I think the diversity is that everybody has their mm-hmm. own issue, right? So it's like yep. it's hard for us to stay focused the way that conservatives stay focused. The conservatives are like, all right, uh, fiscal conservatism, give money back to people. They, they can mm-hmm. all coalesce around that, right? Even if they're pro-life or or you know or or anti-gay mm-hmm. or you know racist or what have you, you know, yeah, right. what, all the isms, you know, they're all, they're all, the, the unfortunately, but the reality is, is that even if you don't feel like that and you don't agree with those people, those, those, those bad racists, what, what I look, give money back to the people, little, everything will solve itself. Right. So they all coalesce around that. Mm. And we don't have a thing. The progressive side doesn't have a, a thing to coalesce everybody around. You know, and that's, that's the tragedy. I think. Yeah. John, well, I mean, I think we do now, but <laughs> what did you say? You should chime in here. You should decide. I'm getting tired of my voice already. I, I think you're right. I don't think that. I mean, I'm going to keep coming back to this. This is going to be the thing I thematically harp on. But this is an opportunity, especially with Joe Biden as the president, with everything else that's going well under his watch to really start to articulate the moral universe of the Democratic Party, because mm-hmm. as long as. I have been considered as long as I've been a voting age, as long as I've participated Mm -hmm. in our body politic through the franchise, there's never been a case made except for a brief period of time in 2007 when Barack Obama Mm -hmm. painted the future, the vision of what the country Mm -hmm. and by extension, the democratic party could be. And Christian, you've made this argument before, and I think you would agree with the lean, but, that doesn't last long. And yeah. the the party is willing to capitulate far too easily when it comes to really sticking to it and to the the credit to conservatives, even if what they say is without merit, even if it is paper thin, theologically, mm-hmm. philosophically, morally, it yeah. is the thing that they say that they believe in. Mm-hmm. Like you can't yeah. say with a straight face that you're a pro life party. Like that <laughs> that that that's not true. You know, like you are an anti-abortion party. And then, and then, I mean, again, you can ask, why are you anti-abortion? And that's where it kind of falls apart, you know, because that's the, leave it to the mess. The only thing that God ever said about politics and religion, the (laughs) anti-abortion. And that's, that's a tragedy, but I also think it's an opportunity to, you know, for others. And like, maybe it's someone listening to the podcast. Maybe it's one of you guys, you know, to, you know, enter into the political life and, and articulate the the morality of americana and it could be something religious it could be something found in our constitution like i think as mm-hmm. we talked about in the last pos our, our, our last pod 
The Constitution mm-hmm. is a great place to really understand our moral identity, mm-hmm. in particular in the Bill of Rights, you know, and maybe the, the first to the 15th Amendments in totality. Yeah, probably more than that. But, you know, like you can start there. You know, like, you know, this is this is yeah. our moral fabric. Yeah. Well, I think I think Joe Biden is trying to do that. Honestly, I think he he is. I do think, though, that that's where the issue of age does come into play. Because, I mean, look, yes, he's always he's always struggled with a stutter. Uh, He has to really watch the way he words things. He has to think through his sentences. He has to take pauses, all of that, which then adds to the whole idea that he's too old to be doing what he's doing, that he's he's not he that he's lost a step. That isn't true. You can check tape. This has been a lifelong challenge Mm -hmm. for him. But I think that's where the ageism really comes into play. It's that you, you now have. Uh, a messenger, an imperfect messenger, but somebody who I think really would and could make that case. And, and like, let's be honest, that that's that sort of was the appeal of Joe Biden in 2020 or going into 2020 um, to take on Trump was that he he wasn't someone who was very far left. He had a, a track record of working across the aisle in the Senate. Um, he could speak in religious terms, being a devout Catholic himself. He could connect with um, white working class voters being originally from Scranton. I mean, on and on and on. I think that he he had he ticks those boxes. But I think that's where the age thing actually does come into play, unfortunately, not because it has anything to do with credentials, but because when he does stop and collect his thoughts, when he does stutter, when he does make a mistake or when he's not as quick as somebody wants him to be, it's so easy to then pick up on that um th- those attacks from the right and say oh see there he is you know he's too old he doesn't get it he's lost a step mm. that's that's the tricky thing i i i don't think that um we even be having this conversation if if you know he were president whatever 12 years ago it, it doesn't need to be him when he's like in his 40s or 50s i think even mm. if it was like you know at the time when he had been vice president, if we, we were talking about Joe Biden circa 2010, it'd be a non-issue. I think he could be the one making those points. I really do. Yeah. I think that to go in just a slightly different direction, I think the ageism and the mm-hmm. age issue is more a function of the Democratic Party not having anyone uh, willing to step up and or palatable enough to step up and mm-hmm. and be the next leader, the next face of the party. You know, like Joe mm-hmm. Biden for all those reasons that you said was a logical choice, but he yeah. wasn't necessarily the inspirational choice. And I think that's the piece that's missing. You know, yeah. like he didn't have the same kind of appeal from an inspirational perspective that Hillary Clinton did, you know, even if that was very basic and that she was going to be the first woman to be president of the United States of America. You know, like I think that she mm-hmm. is very similar to Joe Biden um, politically um, mm-hmm. I just think that she's more alike than she's not alike him. She just has that extra factor. Um, mm-hmm. As we talked about before, I don't think Kamala Harris is the future of the party unless she is able to really stick to who she is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the and, challenge is being, being showing yeah. authenticity. You know? Right. She just very always seems to look very careful, for lack of a mm-hmm. better word. And not mm-hmm. just authentic. I, I don't know. I, you know, I don't want. I don't well, want to over, I, overly criticize her, but and, and I don't. But I think it's also fair. You know, in the criticism, it's also an ask of the party. You know, like this is what mm-hmm. this is what we want to see. Like in in today's world, is 
when people are criticizing one, that's just the way that people communicate. You know, like mm-hmm. there is, you know, you can you can be proactive and you can be constructive without necessarily being critical and cynical and sarcastic. And I think that's the way that people mm-hmm. understand how to communicate. But what I'm saying is like, look, what what is the future of the party going to look like? And I know that they've been struggling with this, mm-hmm. you know, and every yeah. time it seems like there's someone that maybe you can get behind. It's like the Democrats aren't ready for the Republican counterpoint, you know, like mm-hmm. when it. Uh, what's what's the Kennedy from Texas? I, I don't remember his name. Allred, uh, Colin Allred. No, the Kennedy. Uh, one of oh, the Kennedys. Kennedy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you Kennedy from they, Texas. Is he from? I don't remember where he is. But anyway, from like Louisiana. Louisiana. I, I don't know. One of one of the the most this generation's Kennedy. The, this generation's Kennedy. I oh, forget. Robert it, Kennedy Jr. The youngest, the youngest of the politicians. Anyway, the point is, like, it's irrelevant. <laughs> okay. When he okay. gave, he gave a a speech, a, a rebuttal to the State of the Union when Donald Trump was president, and it was okay. it was gorgeous. You know, like it was. Mm. You know, he was young. He's oh, you know, yes, fresh yes. face. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I, yeah. And it was like, oh my god, like this, this is this is something to be optimistic about. You know, mm-hmm. like, and you know, almost as soon as the it was done, you know, like the the retort was up. You know, when the Democrats are struggling, they just roll out of Kennedy. Forget the fact that. Um, I'm sorry. Forget the fact that um, he just happened to be good at what he did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But and it, and it's the same like whether it's Beto O'Rourke, you know, whether it's. Um, uh, I'm, I'm totally blanking on our friend from Georgia who helped flip Georgia, oh, Stacey uh, Abrams. Stacey Abrams. Yeah. yeah. You know, like there, there is, there is, there is something that they can use to be triggering, to mm-hmm. uh, to counteract like the actual person. So, um, at mm-hmm. any rate, it's they they really have to get together and figure out what the what what the party is going to be in the next twenty years. And it, yeah. the the longer they wait to do that, the more that they wait on, um, you know, just a political rock star, the harder it's going to be because the Republican mm-hmm. messaging is so simple, it's so basic. And mm-hmm. the irony is that Donald Trump, because he's got limited self control, he doesn't really care about the Republican Party, mm-hmm. and he isn't it for himself. He also, for as much as he has the ability to be that rock star for them and to keep the Republicans in power. He can also single-handedly mm-hmm. and may single-handedly completely destroy the party. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I mean, at, at this point, he is the party, right? Yeah. And that's the thing, like that when you when you look at the the primaries right now. I mean, it, she was super defiant on the Sunday morning shows, but Nikki Haley, like, it, she's like missing the point. Like, like <laughs> now you're attacking the guy. Now you are coming out swinging. Now that he's you know gone after your husband, who's who's serving, and that's disgusting. But I mean, that that's that's who he's been. He's gone after everybody, including John McCain, who was a a, a war veteran and a POW. Um, he but, said but, I wouldn't have gotten caught. <laughs> yes, exactly. And he, he likes yeah he likes the heroes yeah. who haven't been caught. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. I know. Like, so to your, to your point, can we just take like a, this is like a full circle moment though. Cause like we were, we started off talking about, you know, John Stewart's critique and, and what Trump was saying about NATO and our, and our allies in Europe. And it's like, we are right back to where we were in 2016 
where there's all these things that should be disqualifying. Yeah. And yeah. everyone is so exhausted hearing the crap that he says that everyone's like, that's Donald. Yeah. It's like, you know, like, no. <laughs> it's not accepted. It, this is what I mean is that th we have to treat it like it's disqualified. That's, that's the problem, uh, Christian. And, and this is, this is, this is what I've, I've, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to get across is that our yeah. failure to treat the disqualifying things as disqualifying and not mm -hmm. be relentless on that is what has allowed this to be okay. It's like, yeah. like okay, well, I guess uh, the news media says, oh, I guess nobody's biting on the fact that he says grab women by their genitalia. Um, that's all right now, right? So I guess mm -hmm. not enough people got angry about it So mm -hmm. um, for long enough. So we're going to let up on that and pretend as though that's not sexual mm -hmm. assault, right? That's sexual yeah. assault, what he mm -hmm. said on camera. And this is infuri infuriating for me because it's like, how how is that not outrage to this moment? Mm -hmm. He never apologized for it. He just said, oh, it's locker room talk. Like, locker right. room talk like that's not sexual assault. Like, you said right. you did that. You have said you wanted to do that. And you're okay with saying that. That's okay to say. Mm -hmm. How are you not held to that? How are you not held accountable right. for that every time you speak to a woman? And, and and you and you got to love the fact that that was that was the one and only defense. It was locker room talk, as if like, as if the three of us went to go play any sport, and one of us said that in the locker room afterwards, and we would ever be friends again <laughs> thereafter. No, I was I, offended. Ever. I was offended ever. by that excuse. Yeah, like we, we yeah. all play. We've all played sports, right? Aleem, you and I played sports in college. Yeah, I have never been in a locker room, and like I've been around some dudes that are mm -hmm. like they're nasty mm -hmm. you know and irresponsible yeah. with their bodies but i have never mm -hmm. i have never yeah, never in my life, not even never. in high school so never no. heard anyone mm -hmm. like that that can't be an excuse and and for all those people that signed up to say oh yeah that's just that's locker room talk like that's just boys mm -hmm. being boys and especially some of the religious conservatives is that the way that you want your child speaking is that is that right. is that is that right. the cast the mold that you want your children cast in like this is acceptable behavior. So, right? so not, not not to I'm sorry not to cut you off, but not to excuse the fact that he raped a woman. Like yeah. we know it's, mm -hmm. it's not even a, it's not even a question. Yeah. You know, like we're not even like so this, you know, I, this is where I have difficulty with the right. It's the mm -hmm. naked and blatant hypocrisy. Yes. It's yeah. like on mm -hmm. one hand, you know, you are high and mighty, you know, you are mm -hmm. you know, religiously pure pure in right. air quotations here and at the same time it's like yo but that locker room talk is cool but like what if it what if it was that that uh vestibule talk at church you know mm -hmm. like what if it like mm -hmm. where, where 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 does it stop like what if it was the locker room you right. know you pick yeah. like what, what yeah. how, how can you draw that distinction i don't understand and, and what if it right. was a professional athlete on a team that uh you heard you got caught on camera saying that he would be kicked out of out of the league i mean there would be an uproar right you know, and, and, and frankly, so, John, I, I've heard guys in, in the locker room, you know, using that figuratively, talk disgustingly about women. Um, I was not a party to hearing something that was blatantly assault. But, you know, just you know, guys sometimes will be use language and things that are unacceptable. However, people knew where I stood. So they would they, they, if they're talking about it and they see I'm around, they're going to take that conversation a little bit further away. Right. Because right, they know right. that at least there's there's people here who know that's unacceptable. It's not like it's mm. just okay for everybody. 
You know, it's right. all about if you're carrying yourself and saying, I'm not, you don't hear me speaking about a woman like that. You don't hear me talking about doing this or that and the third. You got to have standards, right? And mm -hmm. it's not acceptable just because it may happen doesn't make it acceptable. But, you know, a desire to do something versus saying, this is what I do is also another, another level. He's actually saying, this is what I do. Well, here's the thing. Go ahead, Well, I was just going to say, I was going to say that, you know, he goes and, and says that and is caught on tape. And then we have the E. Jean Carroll case where he not only does that, but arguably, depending on how you look at it, goes even farther, does even worse. He literally, like, there, there is video evidence of him saying, this is, this is how I get down. This is mm -hmm. what I do as a matter of course, because I am a star and they let you, as he said. Yeah. And then he's, you've got this court case where a judge finds that he actually did just grab a woman and assault her. Mm -hmm. And his, his, his defense has always been, she's a whack job. She's crazy. Just blaming her and blaming her mental state and having all these misogynistic attacks about uh, against her and that she's what, ugly what don't forget that right yeah, she's right yeah, right like that's a defense right too. yeah yeah or, or didn't even didn't even say that he's that she's not his type even though he could yeah. not distinguish between yeah, a photo exactly. of her and a photo of his former wife yeah the guy <laughs> the guy is so he's so disgusting on so many levels yeah but but to your, your point john about the hypocrisy it's like when they when his supporters cannot cannot mount any defense of him what they do is they attack the system right it's well it's corrupt judge this it's it's you know witch hunt that okay no you've got him on tape saying this is this is how i behave yeah then you got a court case where there's an actual instance on a date certain with an actual victim where he actually assaulted her and they're like oh no this is this is just like, no, this he's he's already told you who he is and and what he does. This is who he is. Well, like, look, just just to put it in further context, I I don't I think that you should take people seriously when they talk and they say these things. Like, you just can't dismiss mm -hmm. it as a joke, you know. Because no. if if you were joking about it, it stands to reason that you've considered it, you know. So. I the think fact about that you, I don't mean to interject here, but I I think we need to underline that. That's a, that's an important point, John. The fact that even if you were joking about it, the fact that you were one thinking about it in the first place, and two think of assault as something to be joked. About. It's funny to be yeah, joked about. Exactly. Yeah, like yeah. It, it's infuriating. It really, really is. Like and like and you think about it like this. He he uses the language like they let you get away with it. Yeah, you yeah. know, because right. you start and like the thing about it is like, that that's true. Happen. Like yeah. people, people miss that as the point. Yeah. And if you were to, if mm -hmm. you were to switch gears, I know this might be a topic for another pod, but we never really, I don't think we ever talked about like no, the Diddy, get into the, it. the Diddy trials. Mm. But in my mind, it's mm. like, you know, with rap in general, like you just listen to what rappers are talking about. Mm. Like you just take them at their word, you know, like, mm. you know, the, the imagination isn't just, is, you know, if you are thinking about it, if it's your artistic expression and you can mm -hmm. debate, you know, the veracity of their art, like that's not what I'm talking mm -hmm. about. But like, if you're thinking about it, like it stands to reason that if you were given the opportunity to get away with it, you would do it. Like it's not. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know, when you hear these things and I'm not saying because he talked about it, he did it. But what I'm saying is that I'm not surprised. That also creates mm -hmm. a culture, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. like you and it's not just here. You can see it in anything, you know, like this is how cults work. 
You know, like you let someone mm-hmm. get away with something that everyone knows is wrong. Maybe they even do it in public and no one checks them on it because mm-hmm. this is a person in power. Mm-hmm. That is how you enable it. So, you know, so, so I, I can't, for me, it's just like, look, you can't, you can't excuse it. And to your point, Aleem, I'm sorry mm-hmm. to cut you off, no, no. but it should be disqualifying mm-hmm. because, because this is going to be the standard. You know, like this is the, mm-hmm. you know, whether you, you know, you can say I go to church, you know, six days a week and twice on Sunday, it doesn't make a difference. You can say, I can, I pray every day. I pray whatever you say, mm-hmm. you know, like it all of a sudden, like you have hitched your wagon to this and I'm not trying to get really religious, but I was reading something mm-hmm. in my own meditations this week from Mark from, I'm gonna go to the Bible for a second from Mark eight that hit me, but it was like, you know, be, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Herod, mm-hmm. right? Like, you know, the Pharisees, the Pharisees being the religious scholars and Herod being the, the King, the political figure, mm-hmm. You know, like if this is the person that's going to grow you spiritually, then you are going to be that, you know, and like, you know, for for Republicans, if this is your moral compass, if this is your spiritual compass, if that's what's going to grow you, then that's what you're going to be. Mm-hmm. And it's like, how can you not see that? You, you understand what I'm saying? Sure. It's just like it, it's got it. You, you are you are allowing this man to to literally to bake you, to form you, to make yeah. you, to mold you. You're going to be that. You're going to be that excess Hollywood. You're going to be that person that says mean things. You're going to be the person that breaks the law. (laughs) But but it, but like to me, it's it's so clear. No, it's so clear. Yeah. No, you 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 hit the nail on the head. And and and, and until this very moment, and this is what I promise the last thing I'm going to say on this topic, Christian. But until this very (laughs) moment, I thought back about the night after the election. Right. Mm -hmm. I was. Sad, for lack of a better word, mm-hmm. I was down, like emotionally. Mm-hmm. I didn't cry, and that sort of thing. But I just, I found myself feeling like despair, like, wow, mm-hmm. like this is incredible. And and to this very moment, I really couldn't put into words why I felt the way I did. I wasn't like head over heels mm-hmm. over Hillary Clinton or anything like that, you know. And you know, yeah. but yeah. I thought as as we were speaking just now, as, as Dom, you were speaking, and Christian, you were speaking. I was thinking, it was that. It was what did this say about this mm-hmm. country? Mm-hmm. That yeah. 40, almost 50% of this country looked at that yeah. man, listened yeah. to what he said over and over again, listened, watched his attitude, and mm-hmm. in some level, when some way and on some level thought it was okay, mm-hmm. that that was a person that they wanted to be led by. Mm-hmm. And to me, black, white, Asian, Hispanic, Latino, what any of the uh, you know ethnicity, mm-hmm. ethnicities and 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 uh, and and groups in this country, they all voted in some level for this man, and we all enabled this. We all found this acceptable, and mm-hmm. the pain that 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 caused me just to just to imagine that I had to wake up that morning and look at people mm-hmm. every day, knowing that they thought that was okay, that I yeah. that all, everything I believed was right was not mm-hmm. was not right to everyone else right and it, that to me and, it, and if it was like a 10% 20% maybe of this of this country i get it yes there's 20% of this country that believe in things and think things that are i would never right. believe a thing but half of this right. country and that that ate me up that that really it made me a wreck for a little while and i'm like yeah. man you know, well, so what does that say about us you know you know that we that we can do this to each other, that we can we can feel this way about each other, and we can devalue women, and we can devalue 
you know, the poor and, and, and people who are in need that, what mm. does that say? You know, it's, yeah. it's almost like they, 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 they were looking at it like it was a game, right? Like this doesn't mm. matter. Right. Yeah. I don't, so. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, I think that there are people who see it that way. I mean, that that's the whole culture around um, like right wing social media, right wing YouTube, quote unquote, owning the libs, all of that. I mean, it's 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 voting for Trump as yeah, it's a like part of a game as as making other people upset as attacking other people uh, thinking that it's a joke. And I think that, you know, to, to your point, John, it, it's actually believing people uh, when when they say what they're going to do and and show who they are. I mean, I go back to, you know, that that line between the Access Hollywood tape and the E. Jean Carroll case, because you've got right there him saying years ago what he's all about. And then you've got a court case with an actual instance of him doing it. Mm hmm. Flash forward to now, he's already been in office once. It was disastrous. <laughs> and now he wants to be in office again, if if for no other reason that he can pardon himself. And, it, you know, he's he, here he is talking about another horrific thing, which is, oh, okay, let's serve up our allies on a platter to Vladimir Putin and Russia. This is this is an instance where I actually <laughs> I'm actually I'm I'm all in with the never Trump Republicans who who do still stand by their their former Lord and Savior, Ronald Reagan, I, because I, I cannot imagine Reagan or really any other Republican pre Trump ever, ever being OK with that. I mean, Reagan would be rolling in his grave to hear Trump saying if they don't pay up. Like it's a protection racket, right? Like, like he's in the mafia. Like if they don't pay up, like cute country you got here, be ashamed if something happened to it, right? <laughs> calling on Pu calling on Putin to invade a country that does not dedicate at least two percent of their GDP to to defense. Uh, yeah, I, I I mean, so again, like if you've got an instance where in the case of sexual crimes, you've got him talking about it, and now you've got a court case showing, yeah, he did it. Now we're talking about crimes against other nation states, other civilians, people by, you know, a, a, in the case of a would-be attack by, by Putin and Russia. What, what other evidence do people need? I mean, he's, it, he's clearly not kidding. It, it's, an, it, it's like, <clears throat> it's an invitation to dystopia, right? Right. Like, right. Th this isn't even protectionism. Like, this, again, to Aleem's point, like, this is... This is a disqualifier, right? Like yeah. if you don't understand, forget kind of like the, the shock of it. If you don't understand the way that statehood works, like if you don't understand that investing, that securing your borders in your country requires mm -hmm. an investment in some sort of someone that can't protect themselves, then you should be disqualified, right? Like that, that's, and I'm just a guy, mm -hmm. but I understand mm -hmm. like that's what it takes, you know, like protecting our NATO allies, especially those that are most vulnerable to an attack or an incursion by Russia or anyone else mm -hmm. is, is helping to keep the world in a stable place. Because of course we forget, we forget about, you know, the 20th century and the horrors of the 20th century. Right. Like we've got right. the, the, the further we move away from it, the more that it just becomes something that we talk about as a reference point in history and not, not something that was 
so destabilizing and so horrific mm-hmm. that the world almost didn't recover from it. Mm-hmm. And, and as Americans, we're a part, a party to it. You know, mm-hmm. like we just start dropping the most horrific weapon to ever be ca- uh, created up into that point in history. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, now it's just kind of like, you know, that was the past. Like we've mm-hmm. somehow evolved. Like we've talked yeah. about even as it pertains to like racism in this country. Like there's mm-hmm. still people alive that were alive then. Yeah. Like it, was, it wasn't even that long ago, relatively speaking. I mean, obviously they're quite old now. Mm-hmm. You know, but in our lifetime, I mean, like, Mm-hmm. My my grand, you guys remember Uncle Bunny? Like mm-hmm. he worked at the Philadelphia Navy Yard during the war. Mm-hmm. Like he just died ten years ago. Like mm-hmm. he he was in my life into my thirties. Yeah. Yep. Right. Like that. That just like that. It's that not just ancient happened. history. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's just like yeah. you know. So this idea that you know it's all forgiven and or forgotten, and that we can just you know hop into you know, whatever the whims of whatever person that seems to be popular right now, which is also, again, people, you know, again, this is a different discussion maybe, but, you know, this is something perhaps that the framers, you know, foresaw. Like, you don't want a person mm-hmm. like this who can, I forget the famous phrase, but that can captures the whim of the whims of the the public. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and just kind of right. get them wrapped around and just their demagogues finger. them. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. You know, so it's just like, look, yeah. this is, like, guys, he's telling you what he's going to do. Like, he understands that all this stuff is an impediment to getting him what he wants. And, mm-hmm. you know, the, the longer that we allow him to stick around and like, this isn't a Democrat Republican or an independent thing. This is, as we talked about last time, this is, this is a, who we are thing. This is an existence yeah. thing. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. No, it's true. And and that's, I, I, I even um, included that in the piece that I wrote on, on Substack this past week that this, this entire order that we've all enjoyed since World War II that largely hinges upon the success of NATO or, or, or it rests on NATO as sort of a bedrock foundation for peace and stability in the West, that really is only one lifetime old. Mm-hmm. And, and everything, every creature comfort you can enjoy in capital W Western society really rests on, on this post-World War II order. And it's really only been around for about 80 years. Mm-hmm. I mean, seriously, er- everything you can think of. Um, and so are there inequalities? Are there problems? Are there inefficiencies? Are there? Sure. There's, there's always room for improvement. But it's so alarming that the average person does not realize anymore just how much we have to be grateful for, for all the sacrifices that were made by people living at that time and what they set up in the aftermath of all of those tragedies upon tragedies in the 1930s and 40s that we, and not all over the world, but in the West have not had to live with so much of that for an entire human lifetime thereafter. Mm-hmm. And that they don't realize that up until then, for most of human history, despotism, bloodshed, disease, war, and famine were the norm. Yeah. Peace and stability and prosperity and democracy are not the norm. They are the, they are the very precious, fragile exceptions. Mm. So it's it's troubling enough that that uh, so many people do not realize that or 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 do not um, really grapple with that and, and appreciate that. But then to have someone running for the White House for a second time who says, yeah, screw it. You know, we don't need NATO. We don't need mutual defense. We don't need peace and stability and whatever. You know, I alone can fix it. Hmm. I mean, it's it's. It's truly horrifying, and it's in no way is it funny. 
None of it's no. funny. No, no. Maybe maybe we should uh, take a transition moment to another topic. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of funny, oh. who's who's ready to get their four hundred dollar gold sneakers? I mean, yeah. so okay, but but can we can we okay on on the four hundred dollar? Okay, okay. If the guy is a billionaire, riddle me this one, gentlemen. If you add up the different settlements, right? So far, he's been told that he needs to shell out what a combined like six hundred million dollars. Mm-hmm. Correct me if I'm wrong, but that would still be less than one billion dollars. Yep. Is that correct? That's true. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So then, why why would he need to launch uh, a ridiculous novelty sneaker line as soon as the latest judgment came down? Because he can't help himself. <laughs> he he can't help himself. He is so enamored with himself and with his name that he just thinks. Like I was looking at something today. You know, he had Trump stakes. You know, he's got mm. sneakers. He's got the <laughs> NFTs. It's like he is he he believes so deeply that his his name is so and his brand is so valuable that he could just put mm-hmm. it on anything. And I, mm-hmm. he just he can't help himself. Like even if even if he even if they had said, "Hey, man, we're a fifty million dollar fine," I still even if he said it's a fifty dollar fine, I still think yeah. he does the same thing because I don't think he can help himself. But how about this? The, the fact that they look like they were designed by a character off of Malibu's Most Wanted, and yes, and, <laughs> yes, and they will probably sell to many people on his side of the aisle. Like it just doesn't make sense. I I saw I saw a short on YouTube earlier today, maybe yesterday, from Brian Tyler Brian Tyler Cohen, excuse me, and it was of a dude who went to I think it was like the announcement or whatever the the big thing when he announced the new, the new sneakers, and he got a pair like on a platform signed by Donald Trump, the big sharpie with his crazy EKG signature on it. <laughs> And they asked him how much he shelled out. He dropped nine grand for the sign sneakers. Like, look, the other thing is like, you know, you guys that are what what you guys don't see what he's doing. You know, like he is clearly looking to cash in on the fact that you all deify him. Like he knows it. Like he's yeah. he's gonna he's gonna put a, a T. I saw someone calling them Trump Force Ones, which I think is hilarious, <laughs> by the way. You know, but and oh, and geez. let's not talk about the fact that you know that that particular style of sneaker was popularized by. Uh, I, you know, I'm not even gonna go in there. All right, but anyway, I don't, I, 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 I don't want to go there. Do you think do you think Nelly will do a, a new a new remix? No. I I I, I hope not. Um, <laughs> hey, Kanye might Kanye might do it. For yeah, yeah, fair enough. I mean, to be honest with you. Listen, Kanye West and his his sneakers. He did the same hustle. Right? We started buying his sneakers for four hundred dollars that looked like some slipper shoes. Who's I mean, we? Not me. Yeah, who's, who's we? We? Yeah, who's we, we? Who's we? We we the people. All right. But the point is, we made him a uh, doggone near billionaire <laughs> selling some sne- sneaker slipper sneakers that look like they cost probably $17 to make at tops. 
Well, but it, it is the same thing. I mean, like I, I get, I mean, yeah. and I'm not going to pin that totally on him. I mean, I think again, that's what people do. Yeah. Like if you've got mm-hmm. something that you can create as a brand and then monetize like that, that's the name of the game. Mm-hmm. You know, like for oh, him, that part's fine. That part's fine. I get that. I don't, I don't even care about that. Mm-hmm. My point is if you are all in for Trump and you're all in for Trump because you think that he is a brilliant, successful businessman and you think that he is a brilliant, successful businessman because what you saw on The Apprentice in the past 20 years and that made you believe that he was a billionaire. Therefore, his businesses must have been a success. How does that not shatter or at least cause some fault lines some cracks in your belief that when he gets a settlement, when he when 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 someone gets a settlement against him, he needs to immediately go and start selling some new merch mm-hmm. or send out fundraising emails. And I, the fact and the fact that it's already been widely reported that he's been using campaign donations to pay his legal fees. Yeah. But that, but Christian, you the problem is is that you're asking questions, you're asking normal questions. <laughs> right? Like like and I think you should just as as everyone listening to this, they should at a minimum. I'm like you know people say all the time, do your own research. No, ask questions. And like yeah. I I still believe that people have people uh, not still believe people have the capacity for rational thinking. The problem mm-hmm. is the dissonance. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you mm-hmm. ask the questions and the terror that comes with finding out that what you believe in might not be true, like it's far more comforting yeah. to believe in something. Um, cause the alternative is scary to you. And I, yeah. I, 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 that's the only conclusion that I can come up with. You know, it's like, look, and I think, but I think it's a mature position to get to, you know, mm-hmm. and I, I remember, you know, for as much and as liberating as it was for Barack Obama to be elected as the president and for how much it mm-hmm. still means to me as a person, I was mm-hmm. elated when I could vehemently disagree with him on something. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, no, this, he's not infallible. You know, like he's mm-hmm. subject to the constraints of the office, you know, of the chair. You know, like I'm not going to blindly follow him because, you know, he's that guy. Uh, no matter how much I look up to him, you know, no matter how mm-hmm. much I might want to emulate some of the things that he does. Mm-hmm. But with that said, like, I'm not looking for a savior either. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't right. expect for him to solve all of my problems because he can't. Like, that's delusional. That'd be delusional on my part. I think he might represent you right. know, progress in a path forward, but that's that's where it stops. Like in, in the same way that he's mm-hmm. going to do some things that I just can't get down with, you know, mm-hmm. which is the case. So it's just like, look, yeah. you know, to our Republican listeners, especially those that are inclined towards Donald Trump at a minimum, you know, like like Christian's just saying, ask some questions like, hey, does this yeah. like what, what what's up with the timing? You know, because the one thing that he has that most of the voters don't have is he's right there close to the information. Either because he's creating mm-hmm. the information or he's got first access and first dibs to it, which is also the way right. that power works. You know, power and influence work. It mm-hmm. isn't always just about money. It's about your proximity to information, you know, and your ability to, you know, to mm-hmm. to manipulate it, to to suppress it, whatever you want to do with it, however you need to use it. Like information is the currency. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Yo, can we have but a then, day of back? To your point, though. Go ahead. What's that? No, no, no. Oh, go ahead. I was going to ask if we have a, a, a day of bad and rough transitions, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> they're pretty bad. 
Uh, it's not so, been bad or rough. <laughs> uh, no, I was I was about to have a bad one, and I was going to say. And speaking of, which, oh, Beyonce, then do it, do it. No, 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 do it, Just do it. Beyonce, Beyonce made a country album, baby. What are we talking about? He's, he's got people. Yeah, that was so a, no, mad. You're right. That was a terrible transition. That was yeah, as advertised. That, yeah, as advertised, as no, advertised. that was that was bad. That was bad. It just ripped yeah. the bandaid off. Yeah. Come on now. <laughs> but don't you think? I mean. Uh, mm. Yeah, no, I I don't think there's any any profundity here. There's there's nothing deep to be said. I mean, it's profundity is a fun is word, it, by it, the way. It is, <laughs> isn't it? It is. It is. It, it's it just kind of it's it it it's frolicky. It skips yeah, when you right. when you say like, it. Yeah, it's a good point. It's a good point. You know, <laughs> dinger. No, 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 Liam. No, Liam. No, 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 man. No, no. Humdinger <laughs> is funny. It's not. No, but I mean, it. It look. It, it's kind of like as it's as predictable as Trump saying some dumb shit. It's like, did we think that this would happen without some stupid racist backlash instantaneously? I mean, so I read that there was a radio station that refused to play Beyonce, and as I read yeah. the article more, it was just because they they were like. Beyonce, like that's not what we play, and they hadn't decided mm-hmm. to listen, you know, the music first. And they kind of backtrack, like, "Oh mm-hmm. God, we made a mistake." Yeah, um, but I think a lot of the the response has been like she's trying to steal, like steal our music. She's kind of like trying to steal our identity, which is hilarious because it's like she's trying to do <laughs> yeah. what? Like, you know how, where the country I, came from? It's like how yeah, how, right. how dare you say that Beyonce is? It's just kind of like, yo, come on, guys! Like you guys, you guys aren't even trying, or you just don't know. No, like there's a part of me that refuses to believe that you are that uh, ignorant of history. I, I, oh no, they are. Yeah. No, I I truly believe that they are. There, there are some, I, I I yeah. The, the hardcore country music musicians, they know. I, and, and you'll see, yes, you'll see a lot of them right. pay homage to right. the roots of right. the country in many cases and oftentimes. It's it's the listeners that don't understand. Exactly. Um, yeah. you know, but but so so yeah. this, this was an interesting, interesting uh topic to me because you know it it does raise an interesting question about you know gatekeeping in music genres, right? Like what is country, what is hip hop, what is R and B, what is soul, blues, jazz, you know, rock. Um, and there obviously is some gray area there, and there's obviously a continuum amidst that gray area. But I mean, as as a non musician myself, like I'm not a trained musician, so all of the the detailed analysis of what musical notes and chords mm-hmm. and things associate with these different genres, I can't say that. Oh well, if it doesn't have these elements, then it's not that. You know. And nor would I, and frankly, the the the, the purest of uh, music listener that, that I am, I would say there's no need to do that, right? If you like how it sounds, you like how it sounds, it is what it is. Um, now, you mm-hmm. always have to recognize the roots of certain styles of music. I think that's just fair. But um, to gatekeep a type of music, a music style, I don't think mm-hmm. it's necessary. Um, now, but I say that with, at the same time, always respecting the past and that's if, if you yeah. if you always respect the past amidst not gatekeeping then i think you you solve the problem the problem is is that people don't always respect the past 
and they don't always respect the root mm-hmm. of what they. So, so even though you know country music is not, uh, it's still a, it stemmed from African American music. You know, there mm-hmm. are there have been plenty of European uh, heritage, European Americans who helped develop that art form over the last you know hundred years. So, or, or I'll say eighty years. So, so we can pay homage to this. You're, you're European American. You just have like having me like conjure up images of like. A, an immigrant from France, all of a sudden, like picking up a banjo. <laughs> like, you mean white people, Aleem? You mean white people? Okay, white, okay, got white it. Folk. Got it. White folk. <laughs> got it. Yeah, no, yeah, but, yeah. So, so I mean, I, I mean, I can, I can pay, pay, pay respect to uh, the 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 country musicians that came before um, mm-hmm. that were white, and, and as well as the ones that were black, and as well as the blues musicians and the gospel musicians that came before them. So. But is so so yeah. Let Beyonce in. Let her play her music. You know, recognize what it, it is. What it is. If you like how it sounds, listen to it. If you don't, don't. Um, as and Beyonce, pay. You know, make sure you pay your respects to all the people who came before you who did that music musical genre. If you're claiming to be in that musical genre, and keep it moving. That's my opinion. The 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 issue though, and it's something that people brought up is like one, it's not the country music and the instrumentality is actually it by its very nature a mashup. Mm. Um, you know, so on one hand, like it's definitely has its roots in West Africa, specifically in Nigeria, mm. but at the same time, mm. some of the, the, I don't know how to phrase it, but there are elements of actual European folk music as well. Yes. And they, Irish and Scottish and mm, yeah, correct. And yeah. like so much right. music that arrives on the shores of America, it, it, it blends, you know, yeah. and yeah the the mm-hmm. early adopters might be people of color they might be you know african slaves descendants of african slaves you know like they mm-hmm. might be the people that put it together but knowing the origins of it makes mm-hmm. um the, the, you can trace the origins of it the issue with beyonce and you know another one of the, this article that i read was like yeah also she's from texas mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like right, that, I, I was that, thinking about that like, too. Yeah, like you yeah, know, like yeah. how how dare you say that she's not entitled to this music just because she's made her name on pop? She's a girl from Texas. She's from. Know, that's like saying that's like saying somebody from Baltimore or Prince George's County who happens to rap wouldn't at the same time uh, have uh, God. What's the music that's so popular? Go 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 go. You know, like yeah. if if you want to make a go go album, even though you've been rapping your whole like, who's to say like? you're you're from mm-hmm. pg you know you're from Baltimore. you're, you're mm-hmm. from dc you're like okay yeah. that that that's the music that is close and near to you so it might be a little offsetting that oh yeah beyonce is making a country album I'm like what <laughs> but like mm-hmm. she's a girl from texas like what do you want from her yeah mm-hmm. yeah so. yeah but i mean country country's always been or always was yeah started by very poor working people mm-hmm. and it, like you said john like in people west african enslaved people in the united states as well as you know sharecroppers and Mm -hmm. tenant farmers and indentured servants and i mean yes you can see that in in even just the composition of of the instruments i mean like yes the fiddling and all that Mm -hmm. probably in most part came from ireland Mm -hmm. um and maybe scotland as well but then you know the banjo which is made fun of like with steve martin playing and people mocking it as being like um I'm going to come out and say it, but in, in air quotes, you're a white trash thing <laughs> or an Appalachian thing. It's yeah, actually yeah. derived from enslaved West Africans recreating traditional instruments here right. in the United States. Yeah, and yeah. now when you see things like um, 
modern day, quote unquote, traditional Celtic bands out of the UK and Ireland, they will have with, you know, flutes and fiddles also have banjos in there because it went from West Africa to the United States, the United States mm -hmm. back to Europe. Mm -hmm. So it's always been that mix. And then, you know, you've got as time goes on the split between country staying country and one branch going towards rock and roll and all we can go all of that but like this idea that it was you know one is quote unquote white people's music and one is black like that's always been bullshit and when yeah, you to, yeah. to your to your question alim about what defines what as someone who's not a musician what i would say is marketing decides that yeah yeah that exactly. what what because the music theory is the same across all genres. Mm. It's the style of playing, uh, the style of singing or or whatever kind of, of vocalization. All of that varies from one genre to another. But the, the yeah. music theory is the same. It's same music theory, same scale, same chords, everything like that. And everything else, though, is the marketing to certain demographics where you know you're going to get a certain return on investment because mm. you know they already like what you sold them last year. So they're going to like it again this year. Yep. yep. Um, and and that's where I think, John, with your whole point about just the, the ignorance of the people at that station, um, among others, yeah, I, I think that they genuinely are that ignorant. Obviously, the musicians themselves, <laughs> in a lot of cases, aren't, who, yeah. who actually have, because it's their passion, their life's work, they would have studied a lot of the history, just out of personal interest. But, you know, those those people, yeah, they are that ignorant, and their reason for staying so is because to learn the actual history would clash with their own beliefs and preconceived notions and identities and that's going to make them uncomfortable they're not going to want to learn that yeah. you know yeah yeah no, absolutely. see also see also florida book bands florida book bands. oh yeah oh yes yes, yes. <laughs> yeah oh, yeah yeah books written by black people yep. books on certain parts of american history that oh, make certain oh. people uncomfortable you know indeed, Yo, indeed. just just a real quick note i heard something that that I don't remember where I heard it, but it was incredible on the book bands. And mm. it basically challenged the assumption that by reading about what white European Americans did to enslaved Africans, the question mm -hmm. was, why would white kids reading it these days align with the slave owners and not the abolitionists? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it yeah. and it's just like wow. <laughs> you Wait, know, so what? so in other words, like why would why would white kids reading about slavery identify with the slave owners and not with abolitionists? You know, like the only white person, like mm -hmm. it's kind of one of those things where you know, like you're telling on yourself. It's like yeah, we gotta, yeah. we gotta, we gotta, mm, okay. We, yeah. we gotta move oh, okay, away from okay. like talking about white people That's... and slavery because yeah. they're only gonna think that white people it's like, yeah, but you know. Yeah, he, that that was just like part of the country. Exactly. Like there were other parts yeah, yeah. that are like, no, we don't want slavery. Like, exactly. no, it's so, clearly so, and obviously bad. Like, so why wouldn't you identify with them? Yeah, just to expand a little bit, so the argument is that they don't want to teach these 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 negative times in, in history through these books because they're afraid of making. They don't want to make children feel as though they're bad because they're white. And like to your point, that now that that I've thought of, that's brilliant. Is that okay? Well. Why would we? Why would they be aligning themselves with the, with the enslavers? Why wouldn't they be aligning themselves? That's a very well. Good no, point. I, you know, honestly, I I don't think that's it. I I mean, maybe for the for the most ignorant, perhaps. Mm -hmm. I think that the people, though, in conservative media, 
they're not that stupid, right? <laughs> like the the people who actually are on. I mean, now at this point, Fox is almost mainstream compared to the crap that's on the internet. But like, <laughs> you know, ben, ben Shapiro went to Harvard Law. I mean, he's a pain in the ass, but he's not stupid. Yeah. Um, and they they know better, right? Their their entire point is that they they demagogue the issue and they they try to scare parents and talk about you know we don't want to have innocent white kids who were born in 2000, whatever, 15, mm. 14, you know, feel bad about themselves because they're white. And like, that's, that's what they're saying out loud. That's what they're saying publicly. Right. But the real thing is they don't want kids, especially white kids to read that history and then feel uncomfortable because then on the other side of that discomfort, they might actually learn something mm-hmm. and actually want to, we work towards a more just society or even even like let's let's not even go to that conclusion just even an intermediary step like okay maybe i should think more critically maybe i should care about people who are in my country who are part of my country but i don't look the same maybe i should have some solidarity with maybe i should care about these issues maybe like starting to actually think that way that's what they're concerned about they don't they don't really give a shit about what they're saying out loud what they care about is they they know that if you are a more well-read person that if you are a child who learns empathy at a young age and learns context and learns history Mm -hmm. you're going to grow into a young adult who is going to be a good person who's not going to fall for their bullshit. Absolutely. That's and, that's what it's about. And 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 they'll also be able to recognize the hypocrisy in the evangelical right. uh realm, right? Right. Is that okay, we're saying all these things about how we, what we don't want to do, who we don't care about, who we don't want to support, but exactly. all of what, you know, all of what you teach me in this book yeah. is, is the exact opposite of all that. So wait a second. Right. You know, so it's like, you know, I should be caring a lot more about these people that have been wronged historically. You know, no, no, it's a, right. You know, but also think about it too. Like, I mean, the whole idea that you should be able to read history and not feel uncomfortable. Like, even if you were to take every book on American history that even references slavery, like not even books you'd have in a in a um, Black history or African American history course, but even just like the public high school textbooks wherein slavery is mentioned, mm-hmm. even if you got rid of that, what other parts of history have you gentlemen read that made you think like? Well, gee shucks, that makes me feel warm and cozy inside. Mm-hmm. Like, did the fall of Rome make you feel great? Did the Holocaust, if reading about the Holocaust, make you feel particularly good? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I it, exactly. that's not the point. It, it, we're not talking about fairy tales here. We're talking about facts. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, we're not talking about propaganda. I mean, what you're describing is right. just that. You know, like we need to create. We need to create a worldview. And and like, look again, believe in when they say it. Like, mm-hmm. um, who was Donald Trump's first press secretary? Sean Spicer. Sean Spicer. He yeah. said, Sean Spicer. We, <laughs> we've got alternative facts. Like, listen to them. And that was Please. Kellyanne Conway. That was Kellyanne. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think Sean Spicer. Credit, doubled, man. Well, Kellyanne, fine. Oh, okay. Yeah, he doubled down on it. Like, yeah, you know, I've got okay. this. These okay. alternate. Like, he went in and just, he, he solidified it. But I don't care right. who it is. It was his orbit. Like, mm-hmm. listen to them mm-hmm. when they say it. Like, it is yeah. an alternate universe that they want to create in which they are both the victim and the victor at all yeah. times. Yes. And they yeah. need mm-hmm. your loyalty and your protection. They need your tithes. They need your taxes. <laughs> like mm-hmm. they, they need all of it. And it goes back to what I said, like, yo, that's your leaven. Like yeah. that's what's making, mm-hmm. that's what's making you. And before you know it, 
That's who you yeah. are. Yeah. And maybe that's not who you set yeah. out to be. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, it, it's uh I I, I think I, I might have said this before, so I'm I'm sorry if I'm repeating myself, but I, I did see um <laughs> there there was some post I read online uh, a while ago and this dude was basically like, Yeah, I, I gotta apologize to George Orwell. I always thought nineteen eighty four was way too on the nose. And now living through these times, no, he was he was right on. And I actually I have the audio book. And I, I went back and, and was listening to it a few weeks ago. And I was like, no, I mean, yes, if you did not live through such times, it would seem very caricatural, very, very, you know, just, yeah, on the nose. It seems like too simplistic of a critique. It seems mm -hmm. too silly, I guess is the, the best word I can think of. And you live through the Trump era and you're like, no, it it <laughs> it is that stupid. It is that dumb. Yeah. It is. We're going to have alternative facts and you you're this is the bullshit we're feeding you and you will like it. Mm. Yeah, yeah. That's all it is. That's all it is. Well. Yes, indeed. John, by the way, I got to say, I'm still just envious. I mean, not only are you looking good on camera, but your sound quality, it's just like, <laughs> I swear, ever since you got that microphone, it gets better every time, man. Every single time. I'm proud of my Auntie John-ness here, because I have no... <laughs> Why? <laughs> I'm still in Why? I'm still Why? in my hallway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in the hallway and out of focus, and I'm way back here. Oh my gosh! <laughs> no, I've been trying to get a chance to go over there and share John's uh, setup there with him once, but I, I I've got a, a cold at the moment. I don't want to, you know, bring my germs to the house. That doesn't work out. Well, I, I do think it's ironic yeah. that we live around the corner from each other and we still do this virtually. We're literally a quarter mile. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I do this virtually with you guys to avoid having to go on the ICC. Um, but, you know, <laughs> you two. Yeah. You're literally neighbors. Indeed. All right. So we covered a lot of crazy, crazy shit. But here's the question I have for both of you guys. And I have, I have my answer, but I'm curious to hear your thoughts as well. But. What are you guys doing these days to take care of your stress as you're dealing with all of this insanity around us? Because, um, you know, we're we're laughing about a lot of this stuff, but uh, let's be real. What's going on around us is, in a lot of ways, really not funny. <laughs> we have to laugh sometimes, but you have to have some other mechanisms in place to, to you know, take care of, of yourself. So what are you guys doing these days? Well... Not a lot of good things. I guess. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I think, um, and we we talked a little bit about this uh, as well before the the, the show began. Uh, Christian is that you know it's easier for me to talk about what I'm not doing as opposed to what I am doing. To be honest with you, and, and yeah. getting good rest is is not one of those things um, that I'm doing yeah. well, doing a very good job of. I, I think you know at times as uh, adults. Uh, with responsibilities, we get wrapped up into trying to accomplish everything and maybe mm -hmm. getting overwhelmed with the fact that we can't. And yeah. for me, at least, that that almost results in a, uh, I don't know, a, a shutdown. It's <laughs> like, okay, well, I got all this to do. I'm just going to put it in cruise control and, and I'll get done what I can and, and you know, yeah. try to catch up on the things I leave behind later on. And you know, so it's it's not it's not it's not healthy in that regard. Um, but I mm -hmm. think what what is useful is taking a moment to sit with oneself, and some might call it meditation, some might call it prayer, 
you know, mm-hmm. I, I call it prayer as a Christian, you know, just to sort of uh, sit with God in, 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 from my perspective and just ask for, for peace and guidance and, and just a serenity. And that's because that's, mm-hmm. that's something that's a very much a commodity, you know, serenity mm-hmm. is hard to find because there's always mm-hmm. something that's waiting for you. You know, there's always a problem yeah. that is waiting for you. And that's, that's what I'm struggling with. Right. You know, no yeah. matter what, I can never have a clear plate, right? There's never a clear plate. It's like, Oh, all was yes. done. There's nothing waiting for me. No, there's always something. Waiting there's for always, me. it's just yeah. a matter of how close it is to how yeah. far, how long do you yeah. have before, it, before it comes to, to in, in yeah. collect on you. Um, so to, to, to try and get that serenity, even for a few minutes at a time, I think is, is, is key. And, and I need to do more of that. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. So mm-hmm. That's my yeah. thoughts. I, so um, my thoughts. excuse me. Wrong word. I, I, I took some time in early January to really write down the things that I want to accomplish. And a lot of this is the result of going through a year of tremendous, um, stress, dealing with mm-hmm. anxiety, dealing with depression and 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 general bad habits in terms of taking care of myself. Christian, yeah. you and I, and the three of us, we've talked before, you know, like it's interesting to develop habits that are useful in a season of life, but aren't meant to extend beyond that. You mm-hmm. know, whether that is, you know, the number of hours that you work in a day, um, mm-hmm how intense you are with the things that you do. You know, some of it is just, you know, if for no other reason, it's a function of you not having any responsibilities other than work or school, you know, but as, as a, as a spouse, as a parent, you know, as someone that it may or take may or may not take on more responsibility within your larger family, like that's not Mm -hmm. really compatible and it's stressful because it creates attention. It's like, I want to work really hard and I want to continue to succeed and I got to feed my family. But at the same time, my family needs more than just food. So, and I think that's challenging. But in order to be in a position when you got the capacity to do all these things, you've got to really think proactive. Well, I can't say, I'm not going to give people advice. I can tell you what I'm doing. I'm thinking really proactively about the things that energize me. You know, so I'm looking at my list for 2024. And one of the things that's on my list in detail was us hanging out for um, us hanging out for my birthday, you know, just going, yeah. having some cigars. Like it was the seven or eight of us just talking, just yeah. chilling. Um, I've got, I'm just going to read the category. I've got a self care category. I've got bonding. So just spending time with my friends and mm-hmm. family, things doing just by myself, you know, like, mm-hmm. cause there's, you know, as much as I'm outgoing and I'm extroverted, there's times where you just need to, I need to do things by myself. I want to take care of my body, you know, like I want to lose weight. Um, I even break Mm -hmm. it down to like the areas that I want to lose weight. Uh, (laughs) Seriously. My feet. (laughs) Like, look, I I, I don't know. I can't speak for anyone else, but I, my, my weight gain area that grows the fastest and the most is like, you know, my love handles and my lower back, you know, it just kind of like, and like I can, I can shed, you know, I can shed weight in my in my core and and like i can slim down but it's just like it all just wants to go back there so it's like 
Yeah, you know, like, but being specific, you know, like these are the things that I want to work on. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that John, the areas we went, I just sorry, just came to mind. And when you said that, I'm like, you know, when when I start getting away, the back of my neck just like I I look I look to the side of the mirror, be like, it's the back of my neck. It's like like you know, it's the pack of hot dogs neck. You know, it's like that. For some reason in my mind, I don't want that to happen, right? I was like, no. The pack of hot I dogs. If I go like this, I was like, oh, is, is it there? Is the pack of hot dogs? <laughs> oh, it's, it's my like, God. So I, 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 I definitely understand what you're saying with that. Interesting enough. I did when you immediately said it, but I'm like, you know, you're right. You know? I mean, but I, I got, I got the, the the pack of hot dog neck problem too. You know, like it's, you know, it's, it's bigger than, but it, like it's real. Like I don't you know, like it's real. Like, you know, I, and I don't know guys, you know, how much guys really want to talk about, you know, yeah, man, it matters how you look. Like there's some guys that have just mm. been vain their whole lives and yeah, yeah. I'm not particularly yeah. vain, but I've also been insecure. Sure, and sure. I think yeah. I'm on the I'm on the other side of security when it comes to mm-hmm. like just loving how I look. But it's sure. it's not just the aesthetics. Mm-hmm. It's like I want to like Alima and I play basketball a lot. You know, mm-hmm. like I still get out mm-hmm. on the court and I still play tennis. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's mm-hmm. a like I don't like feeling like I have restrictions just because I'm overweight. Sure, sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like yeah. I can't mm-hmm. I can't yeah. jump as high. You know, mm-hmm. or I'm really sore mm-hmm. afterwards because I'm carrying so much extra weight yeah. in what I'm playing. Yeah. So like, and I, I'm, you know, as I, as I reflect on the first six weeks of the year, like, yeah, I've been doing some of these things, you know, mm-hmm. like, and maybe mm-hmm. not like I haven't been consistent as I want with my working out, but you know, I'm also making some tweaks in my diet, you know, mm-hmm. after a lean mm-hmm. called me fat without calling me fat. I did not call you fat. <laughs> my man was like, my man was like, Hey, chunky. You gained a few pounds. I said nothing of the sort. I oh my god! I said, John, I'm out here walking my dog, trying to be, you know, just you know, whatever, mind my own business. He's like, "Hey, fatty, you look like you put on a few pounds." I said nothing like that. Never would. Never had yeah. no way. But I did say, John, you know, you were you've been in a lot better shape than you are now, and I and that was said. No, you know, lovingly that I know. You call me fat. <laughs> that, uh, I, Everyone heard. You it. just reworded. You just reworded the exact. Yeah, okay. that's like that's like a lame saying. Yeah. And the European, European Americans. <laughs> yes. And the the the, the urban the human. The, I can't. Yeah, the, the, the urban community or right. the Americans of of European descent. <laughs> <laughs> but oh my god. Well, yeah, I mean, oh. <laughs> being specific about things um, that you want to to improve upon that that's I think that is that is definitely helpful. But, you know, you mentioned you mentioned uh, depression mm-hmm. and, and those things that that get in the way of us doing logical things that that help us solve problems. And, and those are the ones that really get can can really trip you up. Right. It's really. Oh, yeah. You can make you can the, you can lay the best plans. But if you can't get your mind to a place where you can execute that plan and you're on working on on the barest minimum of what you can do just to get mm-hmm. just to get through your day, then that's sort of, you know, it, it's that's tough to yeah. deal with. You know, and so I, you know, I empathize. John and I yeah. we've talked in the past and we know we, we struggle with some of the some of the, some very similar things at times. And now all of us here, yeah, all three yeah, of us. Yeah. yeah. 
and 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 that's and that's that's unfortunate and i think that's the essence of, of this show you know we haven't really gotten as much into this type of thing as as we could have Maybe we'll, well sure. the politics have been a little bit distracting it's been a lot absolutely but, <laughs> but at the same time you know so this this is the type of thing that i think you know we struggle with in this in this particular day and age and there's not yeah. a lot to be honest with you people will tell you that there's a lot of help yes and no right there's a lot of people who are willing to mm-hmm. try and professionally clinically help people who deal with issues that were that were that that I'm, I'm mentioning but that yeah. doesn't mean that they're always accessible because to get to that point to to make progress in that realm you have to have a certain realization in, a, in and of yourself you have to have a certain motivation in and of yourself mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. runs counter to the feelings that you're having right wanting to get help for it is not as easy as people think right they people think mm-hmm. oh well if you're depressed well don't you want to not be depressed? Well, yeah, but that doesn't mean I know. Yeah. That doesn't mean I have the feeling and the motivation and the energy to go find that mm-hmm. solution. It's not that simple. Well, and also, yeah, but also like depression very much lies to you. Yeah, like it when you are depressed, you're you're made to want to do the things that will make it worse, mm-hmm. which is self isolate, mm-hmm. uh, which is not exercise, which is soothe yourself with comfort food or like all these different things you can do. Like you want to roll up in a ball and stay in bed and sure. and eat and whatever else. Whereas what would help a lot more, it's not gonna it's not a cure, but it would be more beneficial to exercise, get some endorphins going, get your blood flowing, see a friend. Maybe not be out in a crowd, but at least see a friend. Like it's it it really does provide these perverse incentives that, yeah. that throw you off course. And then yeah, in terms of like actually um getting the help that you need the problem that i had had was um you know if you are trying to find a therapist one there is such a huge demand right now post all the lockdowns and everything else going on in the world that everybody feel not everybody but a lot of more people now feel like they need to be matched with a therapist and and ask someone to talk to professionally um and then the other thing too above and beyond that which is hard enough as it is because in certain states now there are certifiable shortages of primary care physicians and uh, therapists. Um, but also it's a, a, you, you basically cannot get a more personal relationship yeah. in, in terms of a, a, uh, a relationship with a clinician. Right. Yeah. And so I had to go through a, several different false starts until finding someone who was like, okay, like this is, this is going to be helpful. This is going to work. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember maybe in 2022 after dealing with you know the the whole search and not being able to find anyone finally getting someone who was you know accepting new patients and this is all telehealth you know this is all post-covid zooms and you know come to find out this person is very nice very professional but at the end of the day was still a trainee who was 20 something years old yeah and so again was you know kind and professional and all that but you want to talk about things as like a divorced single father to someone who's 25 (laughs) like yes they can have the they can have the book training they can have the you know have taken the classes but do they have the life experience uh you you need to be matched to somebody who's going to actually be able to um you know click with you and help you do the work that you that you want to do and i'll say for me that's been 
that has been the single greatest thing in my life in a very long time. Um, Cause you know, John, like you were saying for you this past year, 2023 was a lot with anxiety and depression, you know, it was for me too. And I had a big breakup um, that tied into a lot of that as well. Um, and, you know, finding the right kind of therapist who could not just, um, you know, say things to make you feel better or just talk to you or whatever, but like actually had the right sort of techniques to dig into stuff and get to the heart of the matter and really help me undo a lot of things from childhood, from my past, really unbundle those things, really get me out of really nasty, negative patterns of thought and all, you know, just all of those things that are just they're so deep into your hard wiring into your way of thinking about life and about yourself uh finding that that right match and doing a lot of hard work and you know frankly at certain points basically focusing on little else besides that and work um for months on end you know it's it was a lot to do but the results have been pretty incredible i think in terms yeah. of just how much better my life has gotten even just in the past, you know, four or five, six months. Yeah. yeah. And it's wild because it is work. You know, like that's the thing. Yeah. You know, I think there's, you know, the internet speaking of things that can be deceiving, you know, it can make you think that, you know, you get into a few therapy sessions and you're going to come out with like some deep revelation yeah, no. that you, you had never thought about yeah. as it relates to your childhood, but it's just like, you know, that's, that's no. not how it works. You know, no. like you got yeah. an hour, no. You know, maybe in a, you know, with a good, you got an hour a week, you know, at yeah. best, you yeah. know, an hour or two weeks and you got to deal with a whole bunch of stuff and you're living life up mm -hmm. until, you know, each one of those sessions, you know, yeah. so, and you yeah. it just take, go ahead. And, and, and you've got to actually, you know, open up to the therapist. I mean, people, people, you know, like you don't, things that you've been mm -hmm. holding inside for decades of your life yeah. don't just immediately yeah. become all yeah. discussable. Yeah. No matter right. what mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, it's not that simple, right? So, yeah. so, no. it, and that's that's another thing. It's like something that takes thirty years to develop in you doesn't get solved yeah. in thirty sessions, right? It, it's it's no, and in fact, it may no. never get solved. It may just be something that you learn how to manage, yeah. and that's well, that's the thing, yeah. Like, and and for me, a lot of it was being able to disrupt really self-defeating beliefs about myself and also mm. being able to handle extremely intense emotions mm. um without having to resort to any sort of you know coping mechanisms or maladaptive behaviors mm. that was a really really difficult thing because especially if you deal with things that are rooted in childhood traumas and things like that you could be at a place where Yes, you can rationalize and talk yourself in and out of a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, if your nervous system is so dysregulated that when life throws you a curveball, which it will do every day, Monday through mm -hmm. Friday and weekends, <laughs> if you don't have that in order, if you cannot regulate your your reactions and your emotions, then you're you're at a loss and yep. you're going to spiral and you're going to be much more susceptible to a lot of different things, including anxiety and depression. Mm -hmm. um, and so, I mean, that's been, that's been really important. And for me, it's going in and doing a lot of that work has the, one of the biggest payoffs has been being able to be present in a way that I have never experienced before. Mm -hmm. um, what I mean, present, I mean, not, 
running, like not sitting, but having your mind racing about what you have to get done next. I mean, it's like one of the biggest payoffs as a parent too, mm-hmm. is like being able to be in bed next to my son, reading a bedtime story and not grinding my teeth or thinking about the emails I'm going to answer after he falls asleep, <laughs> but actually being in that moment, reading those stories and having nothing else for those, you know, 20, 25 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's been amazing. Yeah, no, And I, I know that sound that might sound really small to some people, but no. if you've been, if you've been on that hamster wheel mentally and just in survival mode for decades to then be able to just be present and be there with your child and not be mentally pulled in a bunch of different directions. That's, it's a luxury. I mean, it's, it is the most amazing feeling. Yeah. No, I, I, I share this, this with you. This was uh, a moment I had, um, yeah, I told you I was, I drove to Jersey for my mom's birthday yeah. uh, this past yeah. weekend, you know, and, and um, there was a conversation that, that, that my son and I were having and uh, he said something to me and this is, this is, this goes into what children do for you. Like, when I tell you my son is 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 my reason, he's my life. Like he's saved mm-hmm. me in so many ways. He doesn't even really understand or know, but he yeah. said something to me that struck me so powerfully because it's not like it's something that I don't hear. It's like he just mm-hmm. said to me, he said, "I believe in you, Daddy." Like he mm-hmm. just said that to me, <sighs> and he didn't even see. Like he was sitting behind yeah. me, right? So I'm like, yeah, my I'm not God. crying. You're crying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, <laughs> right, like, right. He said, and, and I had to tell him, say, you know, oh my God, even you too, and I, I, you can do anything that you, you know, the things that I've always wanted to feel about myself mm-hmm. that yeah. he said to me, and I, I, I never really got a chance to 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 tell my wife about that that moment. Mm-hmm. It, it was so so touching to me. I never even got to, you know, haven't even shared it with her yet. You know, so I'll share it with her before this airs, of course. <laughs> but, but uh, you know, it just was like, because, and part of the reason I didn't share it with anybody, you know, other than mm-hmm. you and the entire people who watch this, is, is that <laughs> I'm almost ashamed that that meant so much to me. It's, and this is, the, this, is mm-hmm. the, this is the psychosis, right? It's like, why do I need that so much, right? Why did I need yeah. someone to say that to me? I never want to ask anybody to believe in me. I never want to ask someone to care about what I'm dealing with or what I'm going through. Mm -hmm. But the fact that he did without request, right. Without, without Mm -hmm. urging just because that's what he felt was, Mm -hmm. it it touched me in a way that I've never felt before in my life. I'll say this, Aleem, I think we're all needy. I think, you know, how much, how much, how much we need that varies from person to person, but I think we're all mm-hmm. needy. And I think it is not, I don't think it's anything to be ashamed of. Like I think that affirmation, because the other thing is that your son, um, he knows you really well too. You know, like he's all that you've known yeah. for his entire life. Right. So that's just not coming from a place of, Oh, this is a nice thing to say. He's like, no, like, I know you yeah, daddy. Like exactly. I've been observing you my entire life. So, um, but it's nice to have that from, and it's funny, like even, you know, like I think about, think about that in the context of my wife, you know, like she is, she can be fiercely independent, but she'll let me know like, yeah, mm-hmm. but every once in a while, like I, I need that acknowledgement, mm-hmm. 
And that's right. really what it is. Like, I think what you're describing is that acknowledgement and, you know, like you, y'all are some smart guys, you know, and you're well accomplished, but that doesn't mean that, you know, you don't need that. Like, nah, like I see you though. And I think, right. I think knowing, knowing you and knowing him, like it is also just as a dad, you know, like having that connection, you know, I, I can just speak for myself, like having that connection with your son, like, I want my son to see the good things in me. You know, I want him to be able to observe that so I can pass it. But, you know, your your child, he's he's also a sensitive young man. Like, he's a smart young man, you know, as is Ronan, you know, as is David. Like, they're, they're going to see, like, something's not right. You know, like, you know. Maybe maybe my maybe my dad needs this. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, yeah. My mm-hmm. point is, like, I think we're all needy, you know, and I think it would be foolish to think that you can figure I can do it all on my you can't like we're all needy. We yeah. all have needs, you know, and their yeah. emotional needs are are at the top of the list. Absolutely. So, you know, my point is, you don't need to be ashamed of it. Like, no. Yeah, it, yeah, it's OK to be like, yeah, I, I have these needs. Yeah. 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 So. But uh, no. Thank God for children. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I say we end it there because uh, there's there's no topping what uh, Aleem Jr. said. Number two. Aleem, Aleem, um... Aleem two. Aleem the second. Aleem two. Aleem the second. Well, Aleem the second, second edition. The Aleem 2.0, the new and improved, the well, new and improved version. <laughs> well, we all have sons and, and you, we know how we feel about them. So, yes. Indeed. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Ronan has a, even, even when he was younger and he was like four or five, he had a few of those where he would say things to me at, at bedtime. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Um, I'll be right back. I got to run to the bathroom real quick. Um, (laughs) Ooh, yeah. (laughs) Daddy, why are your eyes leaking? Daddy, what's wrong? Are you okay? Oh my God. He, he, he had one when he was four. I was, going through some stuff and he literally grabbed my hand and put his two tiny hands around either side of one of my hands at bedtime and I was talking to him and he said daddy you're a good man <laughs> man I yeah. tucked him in and then fell the fuck apart yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. That by the way, that's one hundred percent on brand with your child. Like, yes. One hundred percent on brand. Absolutely. He yeah, he knows right how to yeah it, get it, those it, waterworks. You know, not to yeah. belabor this much longer, but the the, the 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 wanting to protect that is I guess I I gotta control that because I I'm like if anything <laughs> threatens this child's yeah. innocence and this child's quality. I want yeah. to destroy it. So, so like I can. Understand. I mean, I think that's natural. Yeah, you know, like, as a parent, like, that's your yeah. No one will. I mean, I, that's why I keep so such close watch on him. It's, it's like I gotta, I gotta preserve him. I gotta protect him. And yeah. no, you know, nothing. I can't let anything remove that from him. You know, it'll yeah. be there. It'll stay. Yeah. Like it, it may get hidden, yeah. but it, it'll, yeah, it's gonna go through some, it's gonna go through some things, but it'll be there. Yeah, you know, like the I've, I've talked with a colleague about that who has slightly older kids, like tweens, hmm. and they were saying, like, yeah, maybe out in public, they, they hide that mm-hmm. away, but when you get home, it's still there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, look, I'm 41 and still call my mom, mommy. And yeah. I still want to cuddle with my mother, and mm-hmm. 
like I still have very much a connection to, you know, me at Davis's age and younger, mm-hmm. you know, which mm-hmm. is kind of like, nah, I, I, that, like that doesn't go away. And as you, I think as we've all experienced, as you grow and mature, like you decide what's important to you and what's not, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like if that is important to Aleem or Ronan or Davis, like it's going to stick around. Yeah. You know, yeah. and the best thing I think we can do right now is continue to just affirm it and cultivate it because, you know, I don't want it just for my purposes either. Like, I yeah. want it yeah. mm-hmm. for the way that he sees the world. Absolutely. You know, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. look, even as you guys, are some of my, my closest friends, I try not to impose like myself on your kids, but like, I will want that for them, too. Mm-hmm. You know, like, mm-hmm. I think part of having yeah. like a squad of people that you really trust, you know, and love and respect. It's like, you know, you're going to help to fill out that worldview in your own different ways. You know, mm-hmm. we talked we talk a lot mm-hmm. about morality and we have in the last two pods, but like, yeah. I want, you know, I want, you know, all of that, that goodness, you know, in Aleem and, and Ronan, like all of that purity. It's like, how can, how can mm-hmm. we work together to help that mature? So when you reach, reach adulthood, you know, you can then pass the baton forward to someone else. Like, how can mm-hmm. you, how can we play our part in yeah. making the world better? So. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, well, absolutely. It's a good way of saying it. It's a good way of saying it. Absolutely. Making the world better. And on that bombshell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, John Aleem, as always, thank you. This has been an amazing conversation. This is this is these are the kind of conversations that I really had in mind with us starting this podcast. And like you said, Aleem, like we've been the news has been something so we can't like we can't deny the elephant in the room which is all that's going on in the world around mm-hmm. us but i think that I, I i'd like to have us as much as we can no matter what's going on in the world be able to bring it back to these kind of conversations like this so absolutely absolutely thank you both thank you <laughs>